We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to Kits and Wagers. I am Adam Zdroik, joined by Chris Owen. We're talking Boxing Day, Game Week 19, and I guess we're also talking about Manchester United and Newcastle, which is on Tuesday, not on Boxing Day. Before we get to that, are you looking for NFTs that are both fun and of actual utility? Try So Rare, the largest NFT-based fantasy game. You can collect, trade, and compete with officially licensed digital cards of soccer players from over 180 clubs on So Rare. That's S O R A R E dot com. Chris, we got the uh, a different Liverpool kit. I don't know how this is probably your tenth Liverpool kit you've brought on to the show. So, so let's hear about it. What do, what's the what's the occasion here? Adam, great to be back. It's you know we had a slight break here um, over the past week. We had been going about every two to three days. You know, recording at night doing things, you know, that we were typically doing here. So it's good to be back. It's a beautiful, uh, we're December 23rd. We're recording on a Thursday here. It's nice morning. I'm here in um, sunny Wisconsin. It's a cold. I didn't miss the cold whatsoever. And you're right. I am in probably like my, you know, eighth, eighth Liverpool kit. But the thing is, is Adam, there's a lot more of these to come. I've been trying to vary it up, you know, because I can't be the guy who hops on the, the podcast with like, a Liverpool kid every every week. So, but here I am. This one's not actually mine. As I said, I'm home here in Wisconsin. Um, my dad is a also a Liverpool supporter, kind of by proxy. And so I'm sitting here in the Ronald McDonald uh, <laughs> color your Liverpool kit. I think it's like maybe 2009 ish. So that I think that's it's around that year, around that time. So and, and they thought the color. I mean, Liverpool's had this this color scheme many times over the years, but uh, they keep bringing it back for some reason, and it just keeps on looking worse. But uh, they actually have this color scheme this year too for like their their alternate kit. But that's what I'm rocking. No game this week due to COVID postponements. But uh, other than that, just uh, happy to be home. Happy to be talking a little uh, Premier League here with you. And we're we're getting more than four matches this week, which is good for us. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel like Liverpool's played with the uh, the McDonald kit at least once this year. I don't know if it was Champions League, but I, I feel like I remember seeing it at some point already. Was it against Arsenal, I want to say? maybe That were that they... would make sense. I mean, if, if Arsenal's going with the red or something, then yeah. you know they mix it up, go with the yellow. It, it so them. I guess if that's the case, they're, they're 1-0 in it. I don't know. 
Yeah, I'd have to look back. <laughs> it's not I my mean, favorite we'll, kit, but yeah. it's, we'll make do. We're just making up numbers here. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going – I mentioned last podcast, which, you know, it, it feels like more than a week ago, but it was a week ago just because we had all these podcasts back-to-back. Uh, but So I mentioned – about the rotowire kits, so I decided just to uh, pull out the rotowire. Uh, we'll call this the rotowire warm up kit. Um, yes. Got the nice Under Armour, so you know, very athletic. Um, so it's you know, it's cold out. You could you could wear this to the pitch and you know, warm the legs up a little bit and get going. And then uh, I'm still waiting on the actual rotowire kit, but that's again, that was that's that's for years to come. But Yes, December 23rd, we are coming up to Boxing Day. So happy holidays to everyone. Hopefully, it's going to be, as Chris said, we had four matches last game week. Hopefully, we're going to keep, we're going to stay with these eight matches that we have here. We already had two postponed this morning, and hopefully, there's not going to be any more postponed because otherwise, we're going to have a situation like last week when my best bet. It did not hit, and our I best didn't, bet. Uh, yeah, our, our best bet didn't hit because the Aston Villa match was postponed. I think it was postponed Saturday morning, even last minute kind of thing. And I, you know, I just didn't have it in me to to put something else new out there, so I I just let it slide as a push. But Chris, Wolves winner draw against uh, uh, maybe a beat up Chelsea team. But uh, it, the match kind of went exactly as we expected. Like we both said, you know, the under is going to be low scoring. Maybe one team will get a goal, but it was going to be low scoring. And that's exactly how it played out. And you bet your bet won. I forget what the exact odds were, but it was probably plus, I don't know, 140 or something in that range. Yeah. The Wolves double chance was plus 165. So pretty happy with that one. We talked about it on the last podcast. Chelsea not playing their best. They're banged up. Everyone's pretty banged up. Wolves just know how to grind it out. They know how to keep other teams out of the net. You know, we ended up in a, in a nil-nil uh, draw there. So, yeah, pretty pleased with that one. And uh, we'll try to keep it going this week. And, you know, for better or for worse, we didn't get your bet, but we'll try to get another one in this week. Yeah, I guaranteed that all my best bets would hit. So, so far, I am 0 for 0. And... You know, it's uh, it's not a loser, so so that's uh, that's okay. Yeah. That's, what, that's what we're going at. What happens? If, you know, you guaranteed it, but like, what happens if they don't hit? Like, what what's you know what do like do you have to like eat like ten cookies or something like that or what? Um, I probably already eat ten cookies a day, so let's make it eleven cookies. Is that okay. is that okay. a good deal? That's fair. I I can work with that. <laughs> All right, so. It was kind of a pain trying to determine, you know, the three matches we wanted to talk about because we already had those first two postponed earlier today, Leeds-Liverpool, and then uh, Watford-Wolves. I mean, if you're looking on YouTube, you'll see that the original uh, graphic for the show was a Watford-Wolves match, but Watford's still dealing with injuries. Or COVID, sorry. And so, you know, we had to decide what teams we wanted to talk about Half of them are dealing with COVID. Half of them are dealing with injuries. So we decided on, uh, we're going to start with this Crystal Palace. Sorry, Tottenham. They're home against Crystal Palace. Tottenham are minus 135 to win. Crystal Palace plus 390. 
The draw is plus 385, and the uh, over-under here is, is even across the board, minus 110 for over 2.5 goals, minus 110 for under 2.5 goals. And I think, so Tottenham, I guess the difference here between these teams is Tottenham have played, so they returned from COVID. They've played two matches without rotating too much since Crystal Palace have played one. Uh, Tottenham played on the 19th and 22nd. They just beat Tottenham, or sorry, they just beat West Ham on Wednesday in the cup match. And then Crystal Palace have not played since the 15th because of uh, not their COVID issues, but other teams' COVID issues. So from what from what I believe is that Crystal Palace don't actually have uh, COVID-19 issues. So that's one positive for them. And they don't have a ton of injuries. So they're rested. They're healthy. Tottenham have played two matches. What do you think is going to happen in this one? Yeah, Todd, I'm actually playing really well since I think this has been six matches since Antonio Conte took over, like right around there. And uh, yeah, yeah, their first match, I believe uh, they beat Vitesse three two in the uh, in the UEFA match, and then the, their first league match was that boring nil uh, nil draw against Everton. Okay, so yeah, they they've had you know a fair decent little uh, size of games here, and in their past six they've. Uh, one three, true two, and lost one. So that you know, a fair bit of points. They're eleven points from eighteen. So they're playing well. But like you said, they've had a lot of COVID issues. They've played two matches to Crystal Palace. Palace's one match. Crystal Palace have been able to grind out matches. They have, I believe, the most draws in the Premier League. So that's been a, that's been how they like kept up in the table. Um, and so that being said, I, I think uh, this one feels kind of like a classic classic draw. Um, that being said, Tottenham. You know, they held Liverpool 2-2 the other day, and other than that, have won a, a couple of good games. But uh, I think Crystal Palace, just because of what they've done all season, is like, you know, they've only in 18 ma- or 17 matches, they've only lost five of those matches. Otherwise, they've done pretty well to, to take, take points from games. And I think against the Tottenham side, they should be able to do that again. Yeah, so Tottenham, I, I don't know. I just thought, like, they haven't been – if you're just looking at the numbers here, so they've played five league matches under Conte. They've won three of them, uh, drawn the other two. I mean, the two draws were against away against Everton and then draw against Liverpool most recently. But they've played four straight. This is going to be their fifth straight home match in league play uh, just because of, you know, all the COVID stuff going on. But just for some reason, I guess it was their uh, their losses in – in Europa conference league that I didn't think they were playing all that consistent. But I mean, if you're just looking at league play stuff, like they've been pretty solid, like sure Mm -hmm. their wins, you know, their wins are against Leeds, Brentford and Norwich, but those are wins and they're more than the one nil wins that they're getting earlier in the season with uh, Nuno Espirito Santo. But I mean, I think they're, they're playing well enough. You know, they just got the win against West Ham. I think, I guess wait and see what the uh, rotation is going to be like because these all these teams have two matches in three days, so it might be a thing where some guys get rotated in this Boxing Day match for Tottenham, and then they're starting uh, two days later. They probably play on the twenty eighth. So maybe lineup rotation is something to consider, and Crystal Palace will have rest. But I, I don't really want to go against Tottenham at home just with just with how they look. But I I think I already went against them at home if I'm being. I probably took Brentford actually in in kind of a win draw situation and then Tottenham played them 2-0 in that one. So I'm 
if I had to go pick away, I would not pick Crystal Palace in this situation. Um, I, mm, I'll, I'll say I, I do like the over a little bit more. It's it's tricky betting on uh, Conte with the way they play, but I do like uh, just because of Crystal Palace. They seem to always have some goals in their matches. Uh, do you think there's going to be uh, so if you're going with the draw, you're thinking like a one-one draw, two-two draw kind of thing, or? Yeah, I think I think I like the over two. I mean, Harry Kane in his last match, he scored a second Premier League goal. Something that we—it's just like he hasn't found the back of the net yet. It looks really good, and it'll be interesting to see how the tactics change against Crystal Palace against Liverpool. They were able to kind of sit in a little bit and make make the uh, the, the out fullbacks from Liverpool kind of like be the the. Um, the creators in attack. And so in that sense, they were able to do a lot of counterattacking and uh, that's kind of how they got both their goals and a few of their good chances. So I'm interested to see if they like sit back and let Crystal Palace possess most of the ball and then just try to hit them on the break or if they, if they play a little bit more possession. So yeah, that being said, I think, you know, Kane looked from, you know, I haven't watched him play every match, but that's the best I've seen him look as far as his movement. He, he had another, a couple of good passes to put uh Dele Alli in for a chance that he should have scored, I think. And then I think he set up uh, Hungman Sun later in the match too, in what could have been a goal too. So Kane looked the best uh, right now. You're not really getting any favors from the, the odds makers on any time goal scoring odds. He's at plus one Oh five. And then first score, last score is plus 280. So if you're looking at any time, any of the anytime goal scorers, Harry Kane, just, you know, starting to look a little bit better, a little bit more alive. And um, yeah, I think if it's, if this game is going to be anything, it might be like a, you know, a two, one or a, a two, two or something like that with a couple different goals, just because palace have shown that they can fill it up. I think they're either seventh or eighth in the Premier league in, in terms of goal scored. So just a team who, who, who's been able to fill it up all season against, you know, some tough teams. And they're only, I was looking earlier and their only losses this season have come against some pretty good sides. They lost three nil to Chelsea, three nil to Liverpool. They drew or they lost Leeds one nil and then uh, Man United one nil as well. So like, you know, some top, top four, top five, top six sides there. So Tottenham could give them trouble, but I, I think that Chris Palace will be able to hang in there uh, well enough. Yeah, just in terms of their most recent match. So they played Wednesday. They beat uh, West Ham 2-1. Uh, they rotated some guys like uh, Son Heung-min. He played 30 minutes off the bench. Deli Ali played 13 minutes off the bench. So, you know, they got a couple guys that got some rest. But, you know, Lucas Moore started. Harry Kane went a full 90. And I, it looks like their their three center backs are pretty set right now because Romero's hurt. So they're, they're not – you know, changing Davies, Dyer, and Sanchez. So those guys, seems like those guys will be going full 90s in every match. So maybe there'll be some wear and tear in their legs. Uh, maybe there'll be some fatigue. So that's one thing uh, to look at uh, when those lineups come out, see if there's any changes. But I maybe you draw. I don't, I don't know if I'd be willing to take uh, Crystal Palace straight up at plus 390. Yeah, but, I don't, I'm not brave enough to do that myself. And I mean, there's a couple other good opportunities here that I'll get in, into in my best bet. But uh, yeah, I think this is a this will be a fun game to watch at, at the very least. Yeah, it should be hopefully some goals in that one. So we got a standalone match between Aston Villa against Chelsea. Aston Villa at home plus four fifty uh, to win. Chelsea are the favorite minus one forty five. You got the draw at plus two sixty five. You can get over two and a half goals at plus 100, under two and a half at minus 125. So lean in there 
towards the under. And, you know, both teams have a bit of a COVID situation. And I think the bigger unknown, if you're watching on YouTube here, I'll pull up our, our projected lineups at rotowire.com. So the, it seems like we know <clears throat> that Chelsea are getting, you see all the, uh, you know, the questionables yeah. here for Chelsea. I guess Villa have some too, but so Villa have, they haven't really released their, their COVID issues and we don't know who tested positive. And that's kind of the big question going into this one. I mean, any of their guys really could have tested positive, positive like Watkins, Ings, McGinn, like we don't know. Um, Cause they, you know, they, their last match was postponed, but we're just going to assume that it's uh it's all the regulars and hopefully nothing crazy is going to be changing in the lineup. As for Chelsea, it seems like Lukaku, Hudson-Odoi, those guys, they recently tested negative. I think either they returned to training recently or they did today. They weren't in the match squad Wednesday. So I think if they can, you know, they train Thursday, that's a couple days of training. I think guys like Lukaku and Hudson-Odoi could help out there. And otherwise, they, Jorginho, Conte, looks like those guys are you know, back to health. So they're getting back to normal here. But besides all the COVID stuff, besides the injury stuff, if we throw all that stuff out the window, I like Villa in this spot just because of, you know, I mean, we feel like we we say it maybe every show, just the way they're playing under Steven Gerrard. I just like, they're a massive underdog here. They're at home. Maybe the odds makers know some COVID stuff we don't know about. But again, as I said, I don't, I don't want to, you know, project those things. So I, I kind of like Villa in the spot, though. Yeah, that's interesting. The disparity in transparency for the Premier League and like the NFL or the NBA or and like who's got COVID and who doesn't is one of the most interesting things because I don't. It's like I'm not sure what purpose it really serves to like say like, hey, this player doesn't, you know, like if it's you know, an NFL player, they're like, yep, this guy tested positive this day at this at this time. He'll have this amount of time to to come back and, you know, he needs X amount of negative tests within 24 hours. Whereas like the Premier League is like, ah, yeah, I don't know. It might be a hamstring, might be COVID, you know, it might be like, you know, he's just needs some rest or something like that. So that's been a tough thing for us to tell. Yeah. And in terms of this match, we've said it, Villa playing pretty well, uh, racking up some points pretty solidly in the middle of the table. Now, Chelsea, on the other hand, you know, they came out of the gates really hot. They, they, Got strung together a lot of wins and most of those on the back of some really good defensive performances. They, you know, held a got a had a shutout against Wolverhampton last weekend, but they couldn't find the back of the net, which has been a little bit of a, a struggle for them. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think uh, Aston Villa here would be a, an interesting play, um, just because Chelsea have let's see they drew Wolves, they drew Everton before that, and we know what that Everton side is nothing nothing crazy, and then. The win over three, uh, three, two win over Leeds United. But other than that, you know, they've kind of been, kind of been struggling over the, probably the past month, like going into mid November. So I just don't see a way, especially if they're missing, you know, they have a pretty long list of players that are going to miss or are either questionable or are already going to miss this match. And so uh, a Chelsea side, not at full strength against an Aston Villa side, or maybe missing, you know, one or two players that would feasibly start. I think that Aston Villa's got enough like firepower to to either win this or at least draw it, especially you know the way that that they have been playing. Yeah, Chelsea. I mean, they're coming off the uh, cup win against Brentford, and 
they they had a lot of their backups in that game, and sure, that's a fine win. But Brentford, they're they're not playing their best right now, and I don't know if they played like a really solid match. Like they haven't had the big matches like Manchester City have recently. You know, the big wins. Sure, that's not how Chelsea play, but it's not like they're just if if like you read off of some of their results, like they're just not playing that well as a team and a lot of that's COVID a lot of that's some of these injuries and some of these guys are coming back but you know they haven't been training for for who knows how long so like a lot of these guys aren't haven't been training together for a long time so I mean you're just extending the results going back here like they allowed a couple goals against Leeds they allowed three goals against Zenit maybe that game didn't mean anything but still uh, they they lost uh, that away match against West Ham allowed a goal against Watford so throwing all this stuff and uh under so under Gerard the lone home loss for Villa has been the game against Manchester City which was it, it wasn't a terrible match like we've talked about those Manchester City goals they they you know they were top top goals and couldn't really do anything about them came out of nothing kind of thing so I do like if you want to Plus 450 to win isn't crazy is, is kind of what I'm going to, trying to say here. I think the odds should be a little closer. I think it makes more sense if Chelsea were like plus 100 to win. They're just not playing well enough right now to, you know, take them at minus 145 against a team like Villa, who is playing everyone well, playing all the top teams well. And obviously we had the COVID issues and all those questions, but uh, we we have down here. So you got the plus one twenty five for win or draw. If you you know if you're not confident in Villa to win, that's a pretty good option as well. Um, I'm under two and a half. I minus one twenty five. I'm not I'm not sold on that one, but it is somewhere. I, it, this has like a makings of like a two one match if if uh, Villa have their way kind of thing, but. Maybe I won't look at the over-under, but I probably will look at uh, Aston Villa in a situation here. Yeah, as you said, the double chance, the win or draw at plus 125 for Aston Villa. Like, those are good odds. I didn't, when I, you know, I usually, like, go in, when I'm doing a little bit of research here, I kind of, like, think, all right, are we going to get negative odds or are we going to get positive odds? And to come in here and get some some pretty good odds on the double chance, I think that one's of the bets that are on the table for this match, that would probably be my preferred route you know still return money regardless of what happens plus 450 that would obviously pay out pretty well but i just you know i think villard have played well enough to at least earn a draw interesting enough uh you know looking over the past six matches villa have played much better than chelsea uh chelsea have taken nine points two wins three draws one loss whereas aston villa have won four out of their past six matches and then they they lost the lost two of those matches so villa 12 points out of a possible 18 whereas Chelsea have nine out of a possible 18 so I think Villa are just in, in good form and, and could pull this one out and at least that draw no but or the the double chance to draw or draw or win for plus 125 returns your money if they they pull it off yeah so like I said maybe maybe the odds makers know something we don't know and that's why Chelsea are minus 145 I just want to read a quote here that I sent to, to Chris earlier so it's from Steven Gerrard I believe he said this on Wednesday um, this is about, you know, the COVID situation, this team, uh, it's changing every hour. It's changing on a daily basis. It's very unpredictable. We're testing every day. I don't really know what position we're going to be in come the game at the moment. We've got enough to play. So <laughs> like, 
that isn't a very uh, reassuring statement, but maybe it could just be talk. Like, like there's always a chance that, you know, Gerard's just trying to play some games with Tuchel and, and Villa could have their regular starting 11. Like we don't know. That's, that's the thing. And if you I guess if you like Villa, maybe take them right now because if they do come out with the regular starting 11, those odds could drop, so you'd be losing value. On the other end of that, half their team could be missing, and Chelsea moved to like a minus 200 favorite. So uh, you're playing kind of a game here, and uh, I guess we're going to say good luck to the game you're playing. Personally, I will probably wait until lineups come out to see what happens. Right now, was that quote from today or was that earlier in the week? I missed that part. His press conference was yesterday, so it was Wednesday. I'm pretty sure. That's an early press conference for a Saturday game, too. Very true. You know, like Sunday a, game. Oh, yeah, for a Sunday game. So I wonder if there'll be more more quotes that are like, you know, is he going to do another press? Co- well, I guess they're probably not going to do a Christmas Eve press conference. Maybe. Yeah, a lot of teams are doing earlier press conferences because of, you know, Christmas, Christmas Eve. So it seems like. Half of them are a few were done Wednesday. We had a few today, and then there may be some on Friday. Okay, gotcha. Well, yeah, I mean, wait, kind of wait and see approach. But right now on rotowire.com, they have a pretty strong starting 11, at least from the, the intel that we have that's been given out. So I think it, it stacks up well enough against Chelsea for them to do some good stuff. Yeah, the intel is uh, it's coming right off the dome. So <laughs> Yeah, Adam wrote the notes, so he knows. So next match here we have, this is not Boxing Day. This is Monday, December 27th. Newcastle, our home against Manchester United. This is plus six, sorry, Newcastle are plus 600 to win at home. Manchester United are minus 210 as an away favorite. The draw is plus 330. You get over two and a half goals, minus 165. Over three and a half, plus 150. Under two and a half, plus 135. The good news is... It doesn't seem like we're going to have COVID issues. Uh, Newcastle haven't really had a major issue with that. Manchester United, I think most of their team returned to training earlier this week, and I don't think that's going to be an issue. I mean, from now until then, we still have, you know, four days. And actually, right when we started the show, I believe Manchester United had their press conference. So um, I guess you can go off it, and I'll, I'll pull up and see if, uh, Ragnick said anything, but uh, what are your thoughts on this match here? My thoughts are that Newcastle are a bad team. <laughs> they have been getting their clock clean the last couple of weeks here, uh, or the last three matches. Um, in each of the last three matches, there's been four goals scored. So, if anything, you know, for me, I'm looking at the over. Uh, I don't know where I think over three and a half is where they get into the, the positive, but uh, f- yeah, they lost to Leicester four now. They lost to Liverpool three one, and they lo- then a- last week they lost four nil to Manchester City. I th- they have one one win all season. Is that correct? Which is just like something I didn't really expect when I when I looked that up. But yeah, they- Eddie Howe got their first win right because they're yeah. they're winless without him. I believe. Yeah. Yep. So that. So yeah, they. they they're not good. Um, they're looking. I wish we w- could go back to some of our earlier podcasts and like I think Norwich always had the top relegation odds. I gotta believe that Newcastle are kind of inching closer to those now if they don't already have them. Um, there's not. I look. 
you know, I like to look at those anytime goal scorers. Cristiano Ronaldo, he's minus one thirty-five, so not really, not really good enough to to put any any um, money down on. So I, I would avoid that. But yeah, I just think this could be a, like a, a, it could be again the over hit the over with like a a four nil three three one win uh, for Manchester United, where Newcastle just don't have it, and I just don't see them changing that. I mean, if you could think to something totally different here, but uh, that's where I'm at at least. Yeah, so are you putting Manchester United right now at the same level as the teams like Manchester City, Liverpool? I mean, Newcastle have that Leicester loss in there too, but I think some, I don't know, I think some of Newcastle's, you know, their struggles are just the competition recently. I mean, I guess that that the that Leicester City match wasn't great by by any means, but I don't know. Like they, they had, they were fine. Like they beat Burnley. They got a point from Norwich. I don't know. They're obviously they're not playing well, but I wonder if some of those blowouts were because of level of competition. Uh, but now that I, uh, I mentioned the, uh, the press conference that started right when we started. So it seems like it's a completely opposite situation for Manchester United. So a quote from Ragnick here, we train on Tuesday, Wednesday, and today, and we have 25 field players. Paul Pogba was the only one missing out. Everyone else is on board. So in addition to getting players back from COVID, it appears the uh, postponed matches for Manchester United also helped everyone else get healthy. So if that's, if Pogba's the only one out, Varane's going to be an option. Cavani, Martial, Juan Basaka, all their injured players are going to be available again. Uh, I guess that I wonder if the, the odds were juiced, uh, as, uh, before our show here to reflect that because they are minus 210 but uh plus 600 draw plus 350 so you're, you're simply going Manchester United maybe win by more than one goal kind of thing anytime goal score you have any uh you have any uh preference there Ronaldo minus 135 probably too uh too high up there to take but yeah that's a little too high for me I mean I, if I had to go anywhere, I'd go a little bit further down to like Rashford at plus one sixty. He's on the same odds with Bruno Fernandez. So if I I'm not taking in any time goal scorer in negative, like pretty much usually ever, just because it's that's too much of a fickle bet. But I think uh, yeah, Rashford or Fernandez at plus one sixty. I'm not really seeing. I'd, um, I'd like I'd probably one. look at Sancho actually. His odds seem off. I'm looking at DraftKings here. He's plus two forty. But when healthy, like he's started the majority of matches under Ragnick here. Yeah. And like he's in the same position as Greenwood. He's in a more attacking position than Bruno Fernandez. Same position as as Rashford. Martial is even plus 180. So it's unclear why why Sancho's plus 240. Uh if like if you want goal odds in this match, I'd probably take that. Yeah, that that makes total sense to me. But yeah, I would just avoid Ronaldo at minus one thirty five. That's not quite uh quite Gonna not not very fruitful here, but um, yeah, the plus three and a half or over three and a half is plus one fifty. So that's really where you start to to get your positive odds in terms of overs. So if I was gonna go with anyone, any of the overs, that's it. You don't really get good odds at uh, over two and a half because it's minus one sixty five. Yeah. So Metro Schneid's last time they played was December eleventh. That's gonna be sixteen days between matches like I was originally going to say look how defensive they were in in their in their recent matches but I mean those matches were more than two weeks ago so 
how much we're going to look into those. Like one was a one nil result against Norwich. Another one was one nil against Crystal Palace. Because uh, I was originally going to look at, you know, over four and a half goals, hope for a bunch of goals here. Uh, and then, like, you see those recent Manchester United results. Maybe they're, you know, playing the more defensive route. But I, th- I just think the, uh, the adrenaline is going to be flowing for Newcastle. They're going to be at home. Uh, I, I'm not taking them the win. No, I, I just think uh, I think they'll score. I think they'll at least be competitive. Uh, I mean, this is going to be the standalone match on a Monday. And it's, I mean, maybe it's dumb, but I'm, I, I think I said it last time uh, that Manchester United played. I, I may have took Norwich plus one. I just, until like Manchester United, you know, string together some more positive results, I'm going to keep going against them. And like, I like Newcastle plus one in this spot. Like, I guess if we go back two weeks ago, now that I think about it, like Manchester United didn't really outplay Norwich. Oh, they, think, they were outplayed. Right. I think that was the PK match for Ronaldo. And yeah, where De Gea kind of stood on his head. Like we're going back to that, and I don't know. I it, it doesn't make sense on the surface because of what uh, Newcastle's results have been. But, again, they've also had a rest. They've, they've had eight, eight days between their loss against Manchester City and this one. So I think of the way I'm going to look at it, I'm gonna, I think Newcastle is going to score. And I'm, I'll probably take them uh, plus one. Uh, the odds on that are unclear, but uh, I'm sure it's uh, I'm sure it's somewhere around plus one hundred or so. Yeah, there's just no part of me where I'm like, all right, Newcastle, um, one win. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I just can't. I, I disagree with you there. I, I think, you know, you just listed a bunch of players that Manchester United could get back. Namely, for me, Rafael Varane, you know, him and Eric Bailly, they are not the same center backs. If they return Varane and Varane's able to sit back there, that just opens things up in attack. It's like well, Lindelof was playing, to be fair. Okay, well, Lindelof or Eric Bailly are not the same as Rafael Varane. <laughs> no, there's not on what planet and what galaxy. Um, so if they can get Varane back, like I just I I even I like United even more so because you know you have you're a little bit more short in the back you can play out of the back um, I think it gives them a lot more options moving going forward so I do like you said I do think Newcastle can score but I think United are going to be able to hit a couple goals here all right fine you like <laughs> that so Newcastle plus one is plus one fifteen so if they lose by one. You're basically getting your money back. If it's a draw, you're winning your bet, that kind of thing. So I, I usually like doing that one for, for the underdogs because, you know, if they get a point, you win. If they lose by a goal, you know, nothing happens. So We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This is a longer show here. We're just in the festive mood, but it's time for best bets. And again, I keep forgetting to write down three because <laughs> technically uh, you did not lose uh, the best bet last week because there was no best bet that was actually played. So I'm yeah. going to give you three options here and you have to choose the best one. Okay. So the first one, my original best bet here, West Ham minus 115 to win. You know, they have Mikel Antonio, Aaron Cresswell. They may not play. Antonio uh, tested positive for COVID-19 last week. But the thing here is I just like West Ham against uh, the teams that, you know, aren't in this top six kind of thing. And I think they'll be fine. They've won their last four at home against Southampton by a combined 12-1 scoreline. So I feel pretty comfortable about that one. You know, minus 115 is the main reason I I pulled those odd, odds up because I, I feel like that should be closer to, you know, minus 150 or so. The next one, Burnley are home against Everton. Everton may don't uh, – sorry, Rafa Benitez recently said he had nine outfield players available, uh, and the Premier League already looked at it and said, no, this match is going on. So uh, I started writing my article yesterday and Wednesday. Burnley are plus 140 to win. Burnley are currently uh, plus 120. So uh, I still like it. Burnley to win plus 120. I know Burnley don't have a ton of wins. But, uh, you know, let's get festive. Boxing Day, home match, Burnley to win. And then uh, going to Brighton and Brentford, and that is the beautiful standalone late-night match on Boxing Day, Brighton or home. I'm just going to go with a simple no on both teams to score. That is minus 115. Uh, Pretty much both teams have struggled to score all season, and – I'm just going to, you know, go with that. It's minus 115 odds on there. So, uh, you know, if, if that was getting to closer to minus 140, I probably wouldn't look at it. But like Brentford, Brighton, these teams, I don't know what the exact goal odds are or how much they've scored. Actually, let me pull it up. I'll, I'll help the fans out. So so Brentford, they've scored 21 goals in 20 matches. I assume that's that's less. They've 
A lot of those were earlier in the season. Um, as for Brighton, they have 14 goals in 20 matches. So there you go. Uh, no on both teams to score minus 115. What is your pick out of those three? Well, luckily, Adam, while you were talking, I was writing these down. So otherwise, <laughs> I would have you know been totally lost in my own brain here. Um, yeah, some interesting bets. I the I got to think about this real quickly. Um, a little bit of uns. Yeah, I think I'm going to toss out the Brighton Brentford bet. I think it's a good bet, especially with Brentford uh, returning. Ivan Tony looks like at least we have Tony back in our in our. Um, he played like. 30 minutes off the bench yesterday okay. against Chelsea. Okay. And that league. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Well, yeah. So, I mean, that's an interesting bet. Um, but yeah, with they're kind of, both teams are looking relatively healthy. Um, I mean, Brighton, I guess are missing some players in Pascal Gross. So, but regardless, I'm going to toss that one out. It's not, not my favorite bet. Um, next one, I think I'm going to, you know, Everett, Everton playing. So without a lot of players, it's very intriguing. You said the odds went down to plus one twenty, so I think you know if you're mainly because of uh, like all the Everton issues going out. Yeah, so I think if you're going to get on it, you got to get on it now because it might get might even get worse and or postponed. Um, so that's potential. But just uh, the one that I like here is West Ham uh, that I'm going to lock in for your best bet is West Ham to win at minus one fifteen. Like you said, I think those odds should be a little bit higher, and they're playing at home. They're good, as we mentioned. The home teams have been, you know, pretty dominant. In well, in like Southampton's not particularly great going away either. So, um, I'm going to lock it in for West Ham minus one fifteen to win. All right, yeah, and it looks like uh, Caballero is going to start for Southampton again, so that furthers the bet there minus one fifteen on West Ham. So, Chris, uh, so you hit last week. I'm not sure what run you're on here, but uh, what do you got for us? I think I'm on a one-week winning streak. (laughs) So uh, that's Yeah, we both lost two weeks prior, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I thought Norwich could beat Aston Villa for some unfortunate. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, So, yeah, we're not going to do that one again, but uh, uh, I hit the draw note or the double chance, the draw or win with Wolverhampton last week. And looking at it, as when I look at them now, it's like, all right, if there's anything that's kind of plus odds, they're kind of fun because it's like, you know, you got two or three options that, are, that you're going to cover off. So that being said, as we talked about the Aston Villa Chelsea match, I became even further intrigued about uh, Aston Villa double chance plus 125. Though that's not what I wrote down to start the show. Um, that would be another good bet if you're going to, if you're, if you think I know anything about soccer. Um, the one that I'm going to lock in here, though, is we talked about it. Uh, kick off the show here. Uh, Crystal Palace double chance is plus one fifteen. Uh, they've got five losses in seventeen matches, and those have come against some pretty quality sides: uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, Aston Villa, uh, Leeds, and Man United. So, I don't know if Tottenham are quite on the level of three of those teams, but um, I think that uh, Crystal Palace, just their ability to, to grind out results. I think that they can do it away at, at Tottenham. So I'm going to lock them in at double chances, plus 115. All right. You're sticking with it. I tried to sway you from it, but we're sticking with Crystal Palace away from home. Get, just got to hope that, you know, they're rested up and Tottenham are not rested up. Maybe I mean, maybe Harry Kane's not even going to start this match. So on the other side of that, I think it's likely uh, Sung Hoon Min does start and he could be the central forward. But, you know. That hasn't worked out in the past. So 
there's uh, there's ways here for Crystal Palace to come out with some points, and that's uh, that's Chris's best bet. As he chuckles and laughs at my best bet, <laughs> shout out to my co-host here, just laughing in my in my virtual face. <laughs> Hey, you, you have a better record than me, so I, I shouldn't be laughing. I, I apologize. Um, it's Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> yep, happy holidays to everyone. So that's that's our Boxing Day show. But Chris wants to uh, start up the you know the end of show segment here. We got we're bringing to everyone cookies and wagers. Chris, uh, take it away here. Yeah. So. You know, holiday time, it's a time to throw out your diet, throw out, you know, exercise if you can. But most importantly, hit the you got to hit the cookie jar as many times as, as humanly possible. And like I said, Adam's going to eat 11 cookies later later uh, this week when one of his bets might miss. But uh, for me, you know, I, I love cookies. I like any normal human being. And uh, what I was just curious, Adam, here. Um, what is your favorite, uh, you know, whether it's Christmas cookie or like, you know, holiday, holiday time cooking is what's one that when you're going into the cookie jar or the dessert table, what's one that you can't miss? Yeah, I think the must for me. So I grew up with uh, uh, chocolate covered peanut butter balls. I believe, you know, some people call them Buckeyes, but uh, here in Michigan, we call them chocolate covered peanut butter balls. But, you know, just the combination uh, of peanut butter and chocolate like you can't beat that it's so simple like you got these mainly two ingredients and i just grew up on those and i still it's still my favorite to this day so it's probably been my favorite for i don't know 99 of my life so i that's that's uh that's my favorite you you have a personal favorite here for yours well first and foremost i think you know as the expert cookie monster here on cookies and wagers i'm gonna put oh your- <laughs> I'm going to put your over under on the chocolate covered peanut butter balls for, you know, the week of Christmas at probably like plus minus 14 and a half. You know, do you think you hit the over on that or is, is it appropriate? <laughs> yeah. So uh, when my extended family gets together every year, uh, every uh, sister of my mom's bakes cookies. So like we have, there's probably 20 different varieties of cookies that come on to this you know, this monster cookie plate, it gets refilled every day. And so I'm probably going to be, it's going to be a close call, 14 and a half chocolate covered peanut balls, just because there's so many more that you have to try. Like uh, we personally made blueberry and white chocolate and then uh, cranberry white chocolate cookies here. So that's what we're spreading to the uh, cookie plate ourselves. But over under on kinds of cookies tried in the next week, I'm going to say that's going to be uh, 20 and a half. I'll, I'll give those, those are the same odds as Cristiano Ronaldo's over under and goals scored. That'll be the same over under and uh, types of cookies uh, in my stomach over the next week. So let's leave it at that. Take me over. So, is it, what, yeah, what's your what's your cookie then? What do you got? My cookie is that's uh, the two different things here. One's not really a cookie, but one's it's kind of like your peanut butter blossom or your Buckeye. That's also the expert out. cookie comes expert cookie analysis says this isn't a cookie. What's what's going on? Well, it's okay. Let me just explain it. It's more of like a turtle, but like, have you ever had a poor man turtles are called? They're like, you get the pretzel, you get the Rolo, you put the Rolo on the pretzel, you bake it for like a minute or two, and then you put an almond on top and they're called poor man turtles, or at least that's what my family has called them. But Wait, it, that sounds like a regular turtle. 
Yeah, pretty much. But it's a pretzel with a roll of oh, a pretzel. And then, okay, okay, okay. and then you and then you like bake it for like you know two minutes, get it melted, and then you put the the almond or uh, pecan or whatever your your uh, fancy is on the nut, and uh, you put that sucker on there. That's a close second. Number one though is the as you mentioned, peanut butter and chocolate is forever a uh, undefeated combination. Uh, for me, it's the peanut butter blossom. And what that is, it's a beautiful cookie. You know, a lot of peanut butter involved, a lot of cookie involved. You roll it up into like a, a kind of a ball and a perfectly perfect uh, square. Okay. And then you roll it around in sugar, like fine sugar, put it on the um, put it on the, the baking sheet, cook them for, you know, whatever it is, 10, 12 minutes. And then you get your Hershey's Kiss. You put that sucker in the middle. They're like divine. I could, I'm over 14 and a half on those suckers. Like I'm going to, I can eat a lot of those. Uh, yeah so i've been eating these my entire life and i think this is the first time i've heard peanut butter blossom so we just got so i grew up in michigan chris grew up in in wisconsin i believe and so you know just across states we have just these it's uh so i I just googled it uh the cookie originated in ohio so there you go Uh, it was an entry in the 1957 pillsbury bake-off contest what do you call it in michigan um, I mean, wh- when I Googled that, it, uh, it honestly escaped my mind. It's something Hershey, you know, Hershey kiss something Hershey, uh, uh, so on Wikipedia, they, they got Hershey's hugs. Definitely never used that before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of like that. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to come back to you with that one. I'll, I'll probably have to ask my mom what she calls them. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. But you definitely not peanut butter blossom. I was like, I that's why I googled it. I was like, what is this blossom? Yeah. But it's like the you know the regular uh, the Hershey Kiss on the on the peanut butter. So yep. So definitely you can like find this too. this conversation continue on on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's it for kits and wagers and cookies and wagers. Hopefully that's everyone's fix for a five minute fix for cookie talk uh, between two guys discussing uh, soccer in the premier league but thanks for listening to everyone on youtube like and subscribe if you're listening on podcast over the next few days i mean you probably don't want to see our faces so hopefully you're listening on uh on podcast form uh because you can maybe plug this into your ears while you're hanging out with family and get some hopefully get some good bets uh for boxing day maybe you're gonna listen to this on christmas day but as i say that you know enjoy time with your families and and such so maybe uh Maybe don't take my advice, so just forget forget all that. Anyways, like and subscribe. We will be back. Uh, unclear when we'll be back, but we'll be back. There are matches on the 28th, so we will see everyone at some point. Uh, thank you to So Rare, and thank you to Chris. Enjoy your holidays. Enjoy Christmas. Enjoy your peanut butter blossoms, and we'll see you in a little bit. Thank you.